Hi everyone, Ben Eisner here. Welcome to the pilot episode of Knitted Heart, where I talk with endlessly curious masters of their craft about their passions, professions, and their shared hope to bring unity, reconciliation, and a reframing of public discourse through their work. My guest today is American contemporary artist, actor, and poet Russell Holsey. Born in Louisville, Kentucky, Russell's conceptual art installations, paintings, poetics, and performances have been exhibited around the world. In just two short years, Russell has starred and acted in over a dozen independent feature films, with three more currently in post-production. Russell, welcome to the program. And can you paint a picture for us where you are at the moment? <laughs> yes, uh, the thing is, is um, nature is continuing on and I'm surrounded by it. Uh, and yet we're in the midst of this quarantine situation because of the coronavirus. And I literally am conducting this interview from within the confines of my vehicle. I'm, I'm sitting in my car in the front seat in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, through technology, via technology, speaking with you uh, all the way uh, out on the West Coast in, in L.A. Love it, man. I'll just go ahead and issue an apology. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry that I'm the one that you're speaking to and, and not my three-year-old daughter because <laughs> uh, she, she's infinitely wiser. Ah, even better. Is she available? <laughs> it's Right? Yeah. We all know it deep down, don't we? Uh, yeah. So anyway, there it is, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> ah, amazing. <laughs> all right, I'm out of here. Out. So I'm actually curious um, what this time of global quarantine is is actually sparking in your poet's imagination. Uh, you know, I, I think it's so apropos and interesting when you think about The Wasteland, the poem written by T.S. Eliot. And... Uh, how it opens up with this line, April is the cruelest month, and here we are, April of 2020. And I might add that the year 2020 is really interesting if you, you know, use it as a kind of living metaphor for the idea of clear vision, as in 2020 vision. I feel a great amount of empathy for all the suffering going on in the world, uh, and my heart goes out to those who are directly uh, affected by this virus, which seems to be very relentless. And yet at the same time, I celebrate the practice of resurrection uh, that this is calling us into and that like a phoenix rising from the ashes, we can uh, somehow possibly in some way be better uh, as a result of uh, the lessons that this, that this suffering collectively has to teach us um, as as a global community really ultimately i'm inspired by you as an artist i'm inspired with your pursuit of non-convention you don't see categories you don't see labels um, you see the work with the capital w that we were referring to earlier and that's what gave you the boldness to say you know what I've done this in my past career. I've succeeded at these mediums and I could ride that train to the end of my life. But actually, you know what? Something else is compelling me and calling me in a new direction and that something else is acting. And I was so inspired that you decided to say yes to acting. You were completely taken with Sanford Meisner 
why don't you tell me about that transition and that moment that you encountered Sanford Meisner and why that became kind of the anchor for every bit of living day to day, not just picking up a paintbrush or picking up a pen, just being. Why is Sanford Meisner um, kind of the, the gateway into your new recontextualization of your artistic expression? Yeah, so good, so good. I've always said if you stick around long enough, the revolution um, gets turned into a happy meal, you know, and, and uh, the happy meal comes with its little prepackaged made in China, Mick existentialist, uh, you know, action figure. And, uh, and it's just, it's just a farce. It's, it's, it, I'm not interested in it. And so, uh, but you were in the middle of seeing some great success and notoriety. Well, yeah, point. and that's that's and that's what I'm that's what I'm referring to is that, that there's no denying as a human being that that doesn't feel good. You know, you're given a stage, right. you're appreciated, um, and the appreciation is reflected uh, financially, and uh, everybody, you know, enjoys knowing that you know, that, uh, their work is respected and appreciated. That feels good to the ego right on down the line, everything about being human, you know, and, and, and about being seen and appreciated comes into play there. And yet when a deeper when voice was calling you onward. Yes. Because, you know, when you start to wake up every day and you essentially feel like Bill Murray in groundhog day, and you're reliving the same, you know, uh, situation over and over again. And your practice, your practice, the work has become not really um, the manifestation of the guiding force that which moves you and initiated you to begin with. The authenticity of the work uh, is being strip mined. And I, I just came to a place where I rather abruptly, cold turkey, in fact, um, just said, that's enough. I, I quit. I didn't denounce art in any way. I, I just denounced um, the situation in which I found myself. I walked away from it. And you jumped in the deep end into acting with zero prior experience. The energy in me with the creative impetus to to have a communicative platform uh, with people and to further discourse of open mindedness and and um, and to share in storytelling uh, found a new home in uh, in acting. I already was very familiar with the work of Joseph Campbell, who I know you've uh, studied and uh, read some of Campbell's work. And um, I've always been very interested in, in the idea that Joseph Campbell talks about mythology in this very expansive way. And that, you know, he said, essentially, don't ask whether or not the myth is true. Don't ask if whether or not the myth in and of itself is true. Ask if what the myth is pointing to is true and see that's that's a linchpin for me when i came around to being 
really fascinated with with acting and wanting to express myself in in that mode i discovered the philosophy really if you will uh the technique uh, of sanford meisner i just was really enlivened by his concise definition of what acting is he said acting is living truthfully under imaginary circumstances to me that says everything about what living is in general i mean and uh the idea going back to don't ask whether or not the myth is true but ask if what the myth is pointing to is true uh tethers to this sanford meisner definition of acting so so perfectly don't you think oh absolutely it actually reminds me of james cagney when he said what is acting hit your mark look the other guy in the eye and tell the truth <laughs> <laughs> see it, yes and i i have one another thing that that i have always said i, I say this to people uh, a, a lot life is simple it's the living that's complicated and again you know it it just ties into it because life is simple all we have to do is live truthfully all we have to do is be the truth which means all we have to do is live which means all we have to do is be and being and nothingness are synonymous. You know, we don't have to do anything but just be. Just yet, be. But yet somehow the call to do that, uh, the, the call to just be, seems to be one of the most complicated, convoluted, and complex uh, aspects of, of humanity. You know, but you, you look around and... You know the trees have no problem doing it the the sand has no problem doing it the water and the fish and the birds have no problem doing it in in my experience and in my perception the only living sentient entities you know in existence at least on the planet earth that have a problem with just being apparently are is humanity at large and um, we, we convolute everything and overcomplicate it with structure upon structure upon structure uh, and, and dogma and rules and the, you know, and the large print giveth and the small print taketh away and all of this, man. And it's just so uh, complex uh, living within the human... <laughs> <laughs> the the human stratosphere uh yet all we have to do is live truthfully under the imaginary circumstances and yes our circumstances even outside of being an actor are really imaginary i mean um which isn't to say that they're not real but what is real and what is not real you know i mean you can really go mm -hmm. heavily you know, into phenomenological discussion here and uh, so on and so forth. 
in you know e eventually so much philosophical rambling just turns into the snake eating its own tail it's not that it's not a worthy endeavor uh it is but you you know you wake up the next day after having uh, unraveled all the mysteries of the universe and you're as you know as confused as ever or you, you just <laughs> you just start over again all we have to do is be uh and in that being we are called to live truthfully how mm -hmm. does one live truthfully by furthering the conversation and saying yes and to one another by being authentic by doing the work with a capital w and by living a life of servitude and of uh of gratitude really because uh, gratitude is so important we're we're given this gift of existence so the question is is you know what are you going to do with the time that is given to you mm -hmm. it's really good man you know i, I think about um, how sanford meisner and his technique has really changed my life um and i came to the conclusion as i think you have too is that uh the Sanford Meisner technique transcends every category, prof profession, and, and anything. It just really is about being, and it really is about finding the truth. And so, like, really, anybody, according to the Meisner technique, can be a great actor, but it's all about letting go and letting the truth lead in the moment, all of a sudden, authenticity is pretty much front and center. Do you feel like uh, that has been the case for you, stepping outside of acting? Absolutely. Um, we both know that there are, you know, the, the Meisner technique unfolds in multiple layers. The Meisner technique, right out of the box, it provides such a well of, of depth for for living. I, I remember just the, the practice of quote unquote taking one another in and how unbelievably powerful uh, that was to me. That 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 just simply doing nothing but sitting in in tandem with another human being and enveloped in silence together just staring into one another's eyes and quote unquote taking one another in just silently recognizing the presence of someone else and that simultaneously they are doing that for you and uh you 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 kind of eventually syncopate in breath in the beginning, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm looking at a female. Oh, I'm looking at a male. Oh, this person has dark hair. Oh, this person has blue eyes. Wow, this person blinks a lot. Or I wonder why this person wore that shirt today. Or right on down the line, okay? And then eventually, all of that facade, just with the aid of silence, it, it just goes away 
the more and more and more you sink into this, really what is very much a Zen state of practice within the Meisner technique, and you just become uh, present with someone else. And I, I mean that in the truest and most pure sense of presence. You're, you're just yeah. with someone. You yes. recognize their being and they're doing that for you simultaneously. And I spent two years sitting uh, and practicing what's called Zazen uh, in the Zen Buddhist uh, tradition with, with a, a Zen master, I'll, I'll just refer to as a mentor. And, um, and I, I, you know, I gleaned a lot from the wisdom of that discipline, but it's a very solitary effort. Okay. And, and solitude is important, but one of the reasons why I sort of walked, another reason why I walked away from the solitary discipline that is being an artist uh, alone in the studio is because I really wanted to reach out and participate in the collective of humanity in tandem with one another to feel the presence of other people. And then of course, you know, beyond acting itself, beyond the stage, you get into uh, the discipline that is filmmaking. And then you've got the director and you've got, you know, all the lighting and all the, you know, the camera is, is present and all of these other aspects. And it's just this giant unified force of people telling the same story, you know, together. And I, I was invigorated by this collective aspect that is, that is acting and taking one another in. And the greatest form of acting is non-acting, really. It has everything to do with listening. And then all action comes out of, out of that response of, of listening. Yep. We've talked about how the world would be a more compassionate place if we were all forced to learn the Meisner technique in grade school. I really wish that the politicos of the world, that the chiefs of staff, that the military heads, that the kings and queens of the world, that all the presidents would sit and take one another in. I'm saying this as a Marine Corps combat veteran. I'm saying this as a Zen practitioner. I'm saying this as a husband and a father. I'm saying this as a poet, as an artist, as an actor, as a brilliant person, and as a complete idiot. If the people who are sitting at the top of the food chains, as it were, if they would just stop talking and stop ruling and start listening, therein lies, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Therein lies we the people. And we the people only exist if we allow one another to take each other in. If we allow one another to point toward the truth of the myth, if we allow one another to say yes, and if we allow one another to live truthfully under the imaginary circumstances. Yes, the Emancipation Proclamation is an imaginary circumstance. Yes, the 
Holy Bible is an imaginary circumstance. Yes, you know, the Declaration of Independence is an imaginary circumstance. Yes, this conversation is an imaginary circumstance. My name is imaginary. My social security number is imaginary. This is all an imaginary circumstance. And yet, even though it all has something to do with the overarching myth, which is the grand story that we're all telling, authenticity, the heart, love itself is always aiming in the direction, pointing to truth. And truth is anything but imaginary. That would be uh, what it is actually to be uh, truly, dare I say, um, human, because we're, we're, we're of the earth, and uh, the earth doesn't know anything about being unreal. So let's just be earthlings in tandem with the wisdom of the earth and take one another in. This is actually a nice segue to talk about your poetry a little bit, which has been a mainstay for you throughout your artistic career. Um, why don't you perform a poem for us that's speaking to you right now? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll start off with reading a very brief quote by Allen Ginsberg to kind of set the stage for this and then just go into the work. Well, while I'm here, I'll do the work. And what is the work? To ease the pain of living. Everything else is drunken dumb show. Blurry cars torn from morning. Sickness creases air in so many unpleasant folds. Broke smokestack. Blurry cars torn from morning. Impossibly dark maps of the gone world. When will we see crashes of light reach beyond arm's length? When will we hear the poet's chime embrace ecstatic rise above the burned sky seizure of drunken dumb show? Shut up your facade, America. Rave your Muslim smile. Chant your agnostic humanistic flags. Untie your army's boots. Braille your Buddhist waves. Ignite your inner workings. Cosmic Christ, your sewer's stench. Peace pipe the forgotten reservations with holy buffalo visions of earth. Paint masterpieces of Judaic mysticism. Hindu shrines of brave, compassionate voyage into America. Laugh your heart freely. Air looms of peace. Evacuate toll booths. Excavate sacred rites. Relive your forefathers' creed. Liquidate disturbances. Make highways high and freeways free. Invoke new dynamic shrouds. Erect tomorrow's libraries to your unborn. Deny red glare rockets to rise and kiss your comely vacancy. The space where for too long the sword has pierced the stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So relating to your poetry, uh, I read a write-up 
for one of your exhibitions at the famous 21C Art Museum in, in Louisville, Kentucky, where you said, art begins with the poetic. Poetry is so important to me because it is the very bedrock, the foundation of who we are, in tandem with what we are. Art is, in, in, in my opinion, in my summation, just in my understanding and perception of the world, art is who we are. Um, you know, whereas science is what we are. This just hit me like a lightning bolt. I had a flash of being, being a child. I've always had this very kind of open channel with, with the cosmos, uh, if you will, just this discourse and dialogue that someone, some would call prayer. Um, it, it doesn't matter to me, you know, what it's called. It's just a, a, a label. But uh, this communion, this kind of open discourse with, with what is, capital I, capital S. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I remember uh, being very young and looking up at the sky. I was lying in the grass in the fields of Kentucky, and I, I, I was staring up into the sky and the vast expanse of it all. And it just sort of came to me. It kind of like spoke to me in a, in a way from, you know, from, from within. I, I just kind of heard these words that was, I am the universe. Uni, universe, one verse, one poem. All things are a poem. All things are, exist within the song of creation. All things are the story. That is what the uni verse is it is one story with infinite chapters mm. and because of the infinity of chapters within the one story it's you know simultaneously the alpha and the omega it's it's the beginning and the end according to you know our perception of it but it it honestly is you know the never-ending story it it has it, it's just infinite but i, I just remember having this kind of awareness um, that came to me, at least in my own mind of like, you know, who and what all of this is. And it's just, it's, it's a poem and it's an unfolding story that's infinite. That is why it's the universe. It's one story with infinite chapters. We all belong equally within the story. We all contribute to it. And as a result, I've lived my life ever since then with this mindset of, um, of servitude, you know, mm. of wanting to be a servant to the story and to, to affect the story in such a way that any, any passages within it that have to do with me, with mm. my being, um, I, I want them to be open-minded and I want them to be uh, filled with infectious love. One thing, kind of golden thread that I see connecting a lot of your work is your being impacted by the beat poet generation, um, Allen mm. Ginsberg, Jack Kerouac. What about the beat poets do you identify with? You know, uh, Jack Kerouac, as best as I understand his sort of designation of the beat, really stems from... Um, the word beatific. I, I think I became aware of um, of the beat generation at large and its its uh, canon of works when I was maybe 
18 years old and Allen Ginsberg's work Howl and mm-hmm. oh my gosh I mean just the uh the opening stanzas of that I saw the best minds of my generation starving hysterical naked it's amazing and it it has everything to do with the juxtaposition between being beatific being holy being perfect in tandem with suffering with difficulty with being imperfect and therein lies the whole impetus really for for storytelling in and of itself that that mashup that just sends electricity uh, through me you know the idea of easing the pain of living transcending the gates of suffering you know um and that we have to really not avoid suffering in our lives but uh wisely navigate through it and be willing and able to understand the the lessons that lie within there's a great saying uh, it's an uh, an aboriginal saying that goes something to the effect of the person who does not work will soon tear themselves apart a focus upon quote unquote the work is essential any person who is wide open and awake uh to mm-hmm. paraphrase your own saying any person who has a contemplative side to them is focused upon the work um because it has everything to do with action yes 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 russell holsey by way of closing bring us home with one of your poems this is a poem entitled home and uh it's dedicated to all those in their houses right now and um hopefully hopefully um learning something from solitude and from quarantine and social distancing. Home. You can't love a thing, they say, but I don't believe they, I don't believe them because I love this house. It contains our memories like my brain stores poems. I love this house because it is larger than I. Inside, the light is on in the bedroom by the bed. And I love that light because it is our home. And they say you can't love a thing. That's what they say. But I don't believe them. Some things never die. This house, this house was built for us. It is where I came to die. And it is where you came to die. But I love this thing because it is larger than us. Wow, Russell. So powerful, man. Uh, Let us us do the work um, and let us in tandem do the work together that's uh, uh, that's what it's all about actually the hokey pokey really is that's what it's all about that, that is what it's all about you know yeah um i think um you know the, the great question to be or not to be that is the question 
I yeah. think if you do the hokey pokey, but if you do it authentically in a state of no mind, uh, you will come to find out that to be and not to be is the answer. I'll take that's that. that's what it's all about. Bomb, bomb. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. For more information on Russell Holsey and his work, just Google him. Russell with one L. Holsey, H-U-L-S-E-Y. Join me in our next episode where I speak with Rachel Swinton, Paul Swinton, and Claire Gallagher of the band Cloth from Glasgow, Scotland. I'll speak with them about how they attracted swift notoriety among the most respected BBC radio DJs, among others, and how their angular alt-rock and deep electronic grooves invite us to let go and reacquaint ourselves with embracing beauty, mystery, and the liberation of encountering art without boundaries. Cloth happens to be the creators of this present track from their self-titled album, Cloth, and for their permission, I thank them kindly. Also, you can visit my website, knittedheart.com, to hear previous episodes, investigate further resources, and hear more about my ongoing work as a filmmaker. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with your friends. Peace to you until then, and bye-bye for now.